Hi, this is John Waters, and you're listening to Two True Freaks. Keep on listening, or I'll have you killed. Can I take your order, please? And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Boeuf Bourguignon, French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. A perfectly delicious dish. Oh. Uh-huh. So we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we're fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to saute it in this first until it's brown and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Oh. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it should cook very, very slowly, just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling, you don't have to look at it anymore. Then all let the soft grain out, and then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. There. You want the flavor of the onions and the beef to all blend themselves with the stew. That's going a little too hard, so I'll put it inside. There. About two or three minutes, if you have it in the icebox, you heat it up very slowly and baste the meat with the sauce. And then and then you cover it and, and simmer it very slowly for about two or three minutes until everything is tender and hot through. Well, now this is ready to serve right now. Hi, this is Chastity Eden, and I'm your flight attendant for today's flight. And you're listening to Eat It and Beat It on the Two True Freaks Network. I'm waiting for you in the Mile High Club. Coffee, tea, or me? Hello and welcome to Eat It, one half of a podcast about food. It's a whole podcast, half of, it's a whole part about food, half of a podcast, the other half. Well, you'll see what it's about when we well, get there. It's a super size. It's a super sized podcast. That's right. We're not, we're not ordering a super size for this particular part of it. We're just going to get the regular meal. And that voice you're hearing is my co-host Dr. Through. Such work as tacos and fries and soup and uh, maybe some curly fries or seasoned fries, perhaps. And I'm Ronald McDougal. <laughs> 
so today we are we are starting we are doing part one of our of our fast food frenzy um, focus. Uh, today we're uh, we're gonna start hitting fast food. We're gonna hit hit up the burger joints today. And man, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of burger talk that we can go through. I mean, it it it's a topic that drives that's passionate in me, and I assume it's passionate in you too. It is. Well, I've eaten a lot of fast food in my days, and I and and like last month with chicken wings, I have a love hate relationship with it there's been times when i couldn't eat fast food (laughs) i mean can 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 fast food be good food and still considered fast food or does it have to be greasy not so far it hasn't (laughs) i mean there have been places that have tried to make fast food healthy and and tasty but i never order it there's this equation of healthy tasty affordable and and affordable and speed <laughs> so yeah. you know you have to make just you you could i don't think you could make healthy fast food that was fast and affordable and if it was slow and affordable it would still be it would it would be fast food anymore so i think fast food is almost doomed to be what I like to call yummy food. It's it's food that like little kids like, you know, fussy little oh. kids like. It's salty, it's sweet, it's greasy. It's, it's soft. It's soft and mushy. It's, you know, or crunchy and and you wash it down with a giant soda and there and you're already hyped up on it because you're getting toys and you've seen all the commercials with all the great cartoon characters. So it it just it it's it's comfort food, and yeah. just just yeah. to, to to make it cheap and fast, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be kind of crappy. <laughs> now, how often would you say that you? Since we're going to focus mainly on hamburgers and hamburger joints, how often would you say that that you that you eat fast food? Too often now. Too often. Uh, my new my I'm working at the same job, but I'm in a different location. And this location, you know, and I work at a rib place and we have fantastic food, but it's also not good for you. It's just, you know, pure meat, fatty meat with coated with sugar and salt. So I can't eat and you just can't eat the same food every day, you know, when it's that specialized a menu. So, you know, I have to go to, you know, out into the food desert around there and like directly across the street from our restaurant is a McDonald's. There's a pizza joint and there's a terrible Chinese place. (laughs) You know, with just the most, you know, basic, no frills, garbage Chinese food, you know. Not not terrible, but, you know, just your most basic, generic and that's sort of it. If you want to walk two blocks another direction down the highway, there's a there's a subway, which oh, is is no. off our topic today. But I'm not a big fan of subway either. So, but if now if you were to pick a a hamburger joint of your choice, okay, your your favorite hamburger joint, what what would it be? Oh, for fast food, it's going to be Burger King. 
Burger King. See, I would have pegged you as a Five Guys place. Well, Five Guys, Five Guys is, I guess it's fast. I don't count Five Guys. If okay. it doesn't have a drive-through, it's well, not. It, food? it doesn't have a drive-through. It's it's more expensive. You're gonna spend like if you get a if you get a big bur- you know a, do- a regular Five Guys double burger, some fries, and a drink. It's gonna cost you like fifteen dollars. Yeah, that's true. And be worth it every penny oh, of it. It's worth it. I mean, I listen to you guys on Garage Sale. Uh, well, not yeah. Sometimes Garage Sale will, but lots of times after you go see a movie, you and McGregor will you know, debrief over at Five Guys. What? You and McGregor's on our show? Hello there. No, you and yeah, you and McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> You've got all the hookups. What a what a, what ratings we would get like that if we had you and McGregor eating burgers and reviewing <laughs> movies on our <laughs> network. <laughs> oh jeez, I, I I don't know if he he'd probably go to to Five Guys. I could sit down with a burger with him. So so yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I, let's I would a first rule of thumb. I would say if it does not have a drive-through. Then it is not considered fast food. Yeah, I mean, how? I mean, it's not fast if you can't be on wheels <laughs> and roll away with it. You and we noticed talk other... into a speaker, roll up to a window, pay, roll up to another window, and then roll away. That's well for and, and why? Why? Why would Burger King be in? You know, if Burger King wants to send us a bunch of hamburgers or a bunch of uh, coupons for for the free plug. You know, we are willing to take that. Uh, what makes their what makes their uh, their hamburger the, the go to for you? Flame broiled, flame broiled. I, I definitely can taste the flame broiled. There's a little bit of char to it, which is yeah. is delicious. Now, I I go the same way, but not so much Burger King. I would go now. We had in the West Coast, we have Carl's Jr. and then everywhere else is called Hardee's. I don't know if you have Hardee's or up. I have I have been to Hardee's. Hardee's here is when you see a Hardee's, it's on the thruway, and it's usually really bad. You know, it's like really? it's it's usually got that not fresh. <laughs> I've never been to Carl's Jr. Well, they're the same company, uh, basically the same menu, uh, both Carl Karcher Enterprises, uh, but they're called Hardee's. Uh, in half of the country and Carl's Jr. in the other. And it's the same the same reason uh, because I think that that flame broil is definitely what what makes it. And and you know, we, we had a talk the other day, some friends of ours, uh, we were eating at, uh, at a Carl's Jr. And we noticed that every once in a while they try and bring in these specialty burgers, uh, but they never seem to stick around for a long time because people are just going to go back to the old yeah, Stand, you know, a lot of the stuff I think was imprinted when you were a kid. You know, there's something yeah. about a McDonald's cheeseburger and its orange wrapper. You know, oh, when we were kids, they were in the styrofoam. In those big, the Big Macs and those big styrofoamed hinged boxes. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're still filling up the landfills. Probably still landfills. Yeah. Remember the McDLT that had two different yes, sections. Yes, I do remember the McDLT. Where you could, where half of it was cold and half of it was hot, mm-hmm. and you would put it together. Uh, but yeah, the, the the toys too. Let's not forget growing up, the toys for me, maybe okay, not growing up, but I remember when The Simpsons came out. Burger King had this entire line mm-hmm. of Simpsons uh, little dolls 
that you see them at flea markets now all the time. And I was obsessed. And I never eat at Burger King, but I had to have the entire collection of those of uh, of those dolls. I have Do some know? random ones that I picked up yeah. at garage sales over the year. You know, every I once in a while, still have them all. But you were you hit the nail on the head when you said they imprint themselves on you very young. McDonald's was a mega treat when we were a kid. My mother oh, yeah. didn't let us eat sugar cereal or anything like that, so it was like this huge treat, and we went, you know, we went berserk when we got to eat McDonald's because yeah, we, we, we didn't get it very often, and you know, my kid doesn't get it very often either. But when he does, it's just the high point of the of the day. But it's also, I mean, there are people you've you've seen fast food nation, I take right where. Uh, yeah. where they spent an entire year eating nothing but McDonald's, which in itself is an incredible accomplishment. But it's 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 cheap food, and it's also sad because sometimes you know there are people out there that that's pretty much their diet. Where they go and and it might be all they can afford to eat. But in moderation, yeah, there is nothing like a good hamburger and a shamrock shake. No, I'm not big on the shamrock shakes. I'm not big on mint and drinking unless there's like a little sprig of mint in a, a tea or something like that, you know, well, fresh let mint. Let me hit you up with this one. How about the deep fried pies? Those we are what I miss the most. Sometimes <laughs> you can find a KFC that serves uh, almost exactly the, the McDonald's deep fried pies. Uh, you would bite into that thing and you would get third degree burns Fill, on your the, I mean, they still say caution filling might be hot, but it's oh, not like oh. it was in the old days when it came out of the fryer and was crispy and flaky. All those things were delicious. They were just, I'm sure, fat bombs, but oh. hey, whatever. Their but new baked the, ones are probably fat bombs too. They just probably look less <laughs> toxic. It's yeah, just how, like a McDonald's about, salad has as much... <sighs> Fat in it as a uh, as a burger, you know, as a as a Big Mac. I have no time for McDonald's salads. Why would you eat a McDonald's salad well, anyway? Exactly. That's not what you're what? there for. No, exactly. It it is definitely not what you're there for. How about burger tricks? Do you have any uh any tricks to eating your burger? Because I, I have a trick that was taught to me by by a guy uh, a long time ago, and I and I still do it to this day. I don't. Is, I, well, I know. I know. Like with a homemade burger, like with a big old juicy home burger, I'll I'll take uh, when I put it down. You put it down with the top of the bun down, so it doesn't get all all mushy. You know you that's why it. the, the top bun it. is so you're big. A, you're a Bengali. You know you. I can't pull one over on you. Absolutely. I eat, especially with like a Carl's Jr. burger because it's a messy burger. I turn that sucker upside down, and it holds up. That's, that's what they're up. made for, yeah. At, and Life hack. <laughs> you, you're a wealth of knowledge, sir. And the way to get fresh french fries, just tell them, I don't want any salt on my fries. And they got to fry them up for you, and then you just get a little salt from the, from the uh, little condiment table and sprinkle it on yourself. I had a friend who thought he was tricky. He, we, we have... 
we have down the street from us, the, it's next to a high school, and it's just, we call it the worst McDonald's in Rochester because it is. And it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's all staffed by kids from the high school. And my friend who's a food service who will remain unmentioned, Johnny Bueno from uh, <laughs> Garage Sale Globe, he says, I got a trick for getting a fresh burger at McDonald's. You order it with no onions. So he ordered his burger with no onions, and they rolled their eyes. <laughs> we got out to the car. We're driving away, and he opens up his burger. No onions. No burger either. <laughs> it was just ketchup, mustard, and a and a and a slice of American cheese. <laughs> Trying to make that U-turn and go back. I I think for fries, McDonald's is the bit has the best fries. The McDonald's yeah, fries right. usually are the crispiest and tastiest fries. They, I I, uh, I agree with you on that on the whole fry thing. And for me, I'm a I'm a salt and pepper guy on my fries. I have to have salt and pepper on them. Cannot enjoy them without salt, pepper, and ketchup. Man, sometimes I do ketchup. Sometimes I don't. Really, if they're yeah. hot, if they're really hot. I could probably get away without. The bit, the bigger the fry, the more likely it is to have ketchup on it. But if it's those little tiny skinny super thin mcdonald's fries i can eat them just they're fine with just just salt is 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 perfection for me i used to work with a guy they were the maury brothers they were both butchers and before that they worked at mcdonald's and these guys were the biggest thieves they would steal all of the patties at the end of the shift buns cheese everything and then we would go to their house and they would be outside barbecuing these mcdonald's hamburgers on the grill <laughs> oh, and, and they would you can't get them right they would shrink up to nothing and but these guys they would take everything you should have seen the bun the patties in their freezer and the buns that they had in there big mac mcdlt a quarter pounder with some cheese filet a fish a hamburger a cheeseburger a happy meal well yeah, I, had, I had some friends who were a pair of brothers and they got the overnight shift at our mcdonald's in town when it finally opened in, in our small town and they did inventory at night and they would call us up in the middle of the night and let us in you know way before the days of cameras and motion detectors and all that and we would just go in fire up the fryers fire and cook us up just like we 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 didn't really we could we started cooking burgers at first but it was too much of a pain in the ass to clean it up so that nobody knew so we just did fryer stuff <laughs> but that was like apple and cherry pies and mcnuggets and fries and we would just go in there at three o'clock in the morning and whip up all this this mcdonald's food uh, worst burger for you? Worst burger I ever had. Um, coming back from a, conven- a convention at Atlantic City with Scott McGregor, we saw a White, a White Castle, and both of us at the oh. same time thought to ourselves, you know, we've never been to We looked at each other, and I go, have you ever eaten at White Castle? He's like, no, I never have. And I'm like, we kind of have to stop at this White Castle, don't we? And he's like, yes, oh, we oh. do. And, and we were hungry. And we were just like, okay, we've been hearing about White Castle. And I know I've seen White Castle burgers in 7-Elevens in the freezer. And I know that, like, I've never bought them because I know, you know, they're not going to taste right or whatever. And that's not going to be. So I've never had a White Castle burger. 
and we went there and I was so, I I I don't know if I even finished my burgers. They were terrible. Well, they're steamed. Um, we used to call them skillet scabs out here, and the only time you would go and get them was when you were horribly drunk. You had to be just gooned, and you would walk into White Castle because it was always in the it was in the, it still is in the worst part of town, and there would always be a fight that would break out. the The uh, register is encased in like plexiglass that <laughs> you would actually have your your burgers on a turntable and it would grab your burger out of there because it was in such a bad neighborhood fights broke out but yeah no definitely um white castle is not my favorite favorite burger i i think probably the worst burgers that i've ever had have been in hotels oh geez yes you order room service you go downstairs you order room service service and they'll send you up this burger um the helmsley one time in in new york uh terrible i actually sent it back because it was like a $20 burger. And I'm just going, okay, first of all, it was dry, and I am just going to send it back. And no way. Absolutely no way. But I won't pay for it. A bad burger is terrible. A terrible thing. Now, uh, how about a burger? L- let's talk about buns. Okay. Can you do like a brioche bun? Does that make it not fast food? Or no, do you... there's. I mean, the fast food places are all trying to, to have little art. Like you can go to McDonald's now and get it on a brioche or artisan bun, or whatever. They're mass producing that stuff now, so yeah, that's that can be fast food for sure. Now, how about you can this? get guacamole on on a on a on a chicken uh, yeah. chicken sandwich or your burger at McDonald's now. Now you and I can remember the day that McDonald's served breakfast for the first time. Oh, yeah. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, McDonald's has just the kind of breakfast you need. Hot and delicious. We'll serve you fast, too, so you can eat slow, talk to your friends, and still be to work on time. You're the one. Cupcakes before you type. Hash browns coming up. Helps the plumber fix the pipe. Another great McMuffin for Doc and Barber, too. The painter and the carpenter will better find their through. So come on, our doors are open. We've got a breakfast that'll send you out to face the morning like you own the world. To me, the the sausage McMuffin with egg, one of the best fast food slash burger. It, it, it took a while for them to do the sausage ones. At first, it was just the egg McMuffin with the Canadian bacon, and that combination of just like an egg cooked in that little round form, and American cheese, and um, and the and the Canadian bacon was and that's that's basically it. There wasn't any sauce or anything on it. There was probably just butter on the English muffin. It was just texturally and flavorly, it, you know, just the right amount of grease. It was like the perfect breakfast. It was perfect. I I think the only thing that McDonald's probably has done right, as far as changing the menu in the past few years, has has started breakfast all day. You can get it. 
for me, sometimes just an egg McMuffin is what's going to do it for me, man. See, it's I haven't just, done that where I work yet. I've looked at I've been like, oh, I can get an egg McMuffin. I'm afraid that if I eat an egg McMuffin, not in the morning, <laughs> if I eat in the morning when I need that breakfast and that energy, okay, good, toss an egg McMuffin in there, start working. In the mid-afternoon, I eat an egg McMuffin. I think I'm going to want to go down in the basement and curl up in the corner and take a nap, you know? <laughs> That's like any McDonald's or fast food to yeah. me. It, it's always, I'll eat fast food if I'm on a road trip. Always, it's it's got to be a Mc. You know, I will pull into a McDonald's before I pull in anywhere else, and and that's when I eat it. But but I was going to ask you, how about barbecued hamburgers, like at a at a barbecue? Are you are you a fan of the home grilled burger? How, how do you mean home grilled? Well, you know, uh, if if you know, like let's say we're in the alley and I and I do a, a burger there. Oh yeah, no, those are the best burgers. Perfect, the ones yeah. that are wads of meat. You have to baby them. I I yeah. found over the years if you make that little concave in the middle of your patty before you throw it on the grill, you know, you kind of mold a little inner inner circle and press it down. You throw it on the grill. They have a ten hamburgers have a tendency to rise up when they cook. Right. But if you make an indentation in the middle of your patty, it's going to cook perfect and it's going to cook flat. And you won't have that tennis ball burger that you get a lot of times on the grill. And just to toast that bun on the grill and uh, some of the tricks that I've learned, you know, we do a lot of barbecuing out here. Some of the tricks that I learned is a little bit of Lipton onion soup mix mixed into your hamburger meat before you throw it on the grill. The little slices of uh, dehydrated onion. Yep, that's how we used they, to do that. At, that's how we used to do it at the bar I used to work at. They grill up, delicious, man. We sold so many burgers like that. Yeah, and people really don't know what the heck you're eating. They just know. I've had people say that's the best burger I've ever had. Best burger I've ever had is when you take, <laughs> you know, say you're gr fresh grinding some burger meat, and you know, you're, you 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 want to get it. It's usually the 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 standard burger proportion of of meat to fat is twenty percent. Yes. For a burger, so you 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 take it down to like five or ten percent, and then you make it up to twenty percent with butter instead of the fat. Beautiful. Oh it's... my God! You'll never have a a te more tender burger. Well, we've spoken before on the show. And you have about the butter burger that that we have yet to make. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was just a chunk of butter molded in between two uh, yes. packets of meat. Oh my god, that that just sounds terrific. But the the talk you're talking right now is very similar to uh, to our friend who we haven't mentioned in a few episodes, George, George Leonard Herter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, of course, going through his, his opus, you can find... We're, in the we're about to learn we don't know shit about hamburgers. We don't know we? shit about hamburgers. And and uh, if I could, I'm going to read to you a few paragraphs. Oh, you of, could. Uh, 
of uh, Herder's hamburger tips. Now, grind your own hamburgers or have it ground while you wait in a grocery store. Now, 20% of ground beef that you buy in grocery stores has already begun to spoil. 61% has bacterial levels higher than those allowed by the public health authorities, and 80% of ground beef, ground chuck, ground round, and ground sirloin in grocery stores has dangerously high bacteria counts, SX fat, water. Have your beef ground while you watch it being ground. <laughs> and, and you know, he's a big advocate of making burgers at home. And this is actually interesting. The United States Department of Agriculture allows you to, allows you to use the name hamburger only when the product is all meat in origin. If you use cereal, flours, or any other extenders in the meat, you must call the end product such names as beef patties, patties, beef burger, super burger, giant burger, big boy <laughs> burger, whopper, king burger, or some other dreamed up name. The restaurants and drive-ins nearly all deny they use flour and cereal in their meat patties, but actually, practically all of them use a lot of filler in their meat. And if you want a real hamburger, make it at home. Now, how about that? You think that still holds up true today? I don't know if the laws are the same. <laughs> those, well, you know, those hamburger places have gotten a lot more money since those days and probably have a lot more power, so... Yeah, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about a book that came out in 72. But it does make you think, you know, they call it the Whopper. They call it the Big Mac. I don't I don't know if they actually use the word hamburger in in their description of the item. Well, McDonald's does have the Hamburglar. <laughs> Who's a lot of filler, you know. <laughs> but, and you mentioned butter. Uh, Mr. Herder, his secret to hamburgers is, believe it or not, nutmeg. Mix huh. a generous amount of nutmeg into your burger. You want to flatten it out flat and fry it in butter. And there was a place in my hometown, Hayward, California, called Val's Burgers. And I remember growing up and going there. And on the table, there was a salt pepper, uh, a salt shaker, a pepper shaker, and a shaker of what I could never figure out until I was older, and it was nutmeg. It was nutmeg. And I one time asked the guy, hey, what's the, what's the nutmegs for? And he says, well, a lot of the old timers would put, they like a little nutmeg on top of their hamburger. It brings out the taste. And since then, the nutmeg has disappeared from Val's. But I do remember nutmeg being on the table well, and nutmeg is definitely uh in a lot of um what they call hot sauce here which is basically burger meat cooked up with hot sauce and like cinnamon and nutmeg and then and lots of onions and then put over top of burgers so yeah. you know maybe that's how that savory sort of flavor is getting continued on well, I'm not a big nutmeg fan, but now I'm curious as to, like... Yeah, could you taste it, or maybe it's... It might maybe... taste really different when you fry it, you know, when it gets fried up and complemented with the meat, so... And, and with the with the butter, so I'm th mm -hmm. next time I, I make a burger, I'm definitely going to 
I'm definitely going to try that. Now, I was going to ask you, just as important as a burger patty itself is what you put on the burger. So I'm handing you right now a, a virtual hamburger, two virtual buns, and you could put anything you want on that hamburger. What What are you going to put on it? Just for like if I was going to have like one burger that like I was going to – have my standard burger it would be really yes. it would be really simple i'm not i don't like like sliced tomatoes so it would no. not have to a slice of tomato on it but i would have a couple big crunchy slices of um iceberg lettuce okay yeah the, the bun little, little little bit of i would i would do it like probably like mcdonald's a little bit of chopped onions or actually i would probably have onion ring you know rings of onions just raw onion and um a little bit of ketchup a little bit of mustard and cheddar or american cheese uh toasted buns or not yeah toasted buns sure Uh, toasted buns are always better a little 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 extra flavor and and probably bacon too you cannot go wrong with bacon not bacon and cheese now for me i'm taking my virtual bun here I put I'm a I'm a mayonnaise guy. I put mayonnaise on it. Oh, mayo would probably be I would probably and, add mayo to mine too. Ketchup. I don't use mustard. I only use mustard on on hot dogs. I I, I don't put it on my hamburgers. And whereas you went for the diced onions or the onion ring, I would go for a slab. Just a slab. A slab of 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 white onion. Mm-hmm. I love white onion. Uh cheddar or american cheese and bacon like when i go to five guys i always get grilled onions and peppers a1 uh bacon and cheese peppers like jalapenos no like green peppers oh green peppers yeah oh yeah i i we drop uh we drop a couple of bucks in the tip jar at at um five guys i say hey man don't skimp on the jalapenos and that guy will put jalapenos all over that burger and bacon now how about two patties or one if you go to like mcdonald's something um mcdonald's two patties because they're pretty skimpy patties right now like my my go-to like favorite mcdonald's meal would be either like the uh you know the the value meal of either the two cheeseburgers or the big mac they don't do the two cheeseburgers anymore, though. But now they have on like their two dollar menu, they have a double cheeseburger with bacon, and that's usually my go to McDonald's. I like the bacon at McDonald's. Sometimes is really good. It, they 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 do that weird thing where they forced it into a circle, and sometimes <laughs> it's actually really crispy and and decent. So they're 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 just bacon double cheeseburgers, pretty good. Quarter pounder for me. Quarter pounder with cheese. I'm not. I've never been a big fan of the quarter pounders or the whoppers. The the big versions of their burgers. When when you get into big fast food burger burgers, I think Wendy's does a better job of that because yeah, Wendy's is good. Wendy's can actually like if you get a big thick burger at Wendy's, it's got a little pink and a little juice to it. You know. Yeah, I I do like Wendy's too. Now, now my wife is an Arby's fan. It's off. It's off the. Uh, it's off the topic of hamburgers, but she is crazy for Arby's. I've never seen 
I, I've never Scott Gardner's heard... first job was at Arby's. <laughs> Arby's is I like Arby's. Arby's is good. These days, if I go to Arby's, I'm more likely to get like one of their deli sandwiches. Really? I like their deli sandwiches. They have decent for a, for a fast food place. They have real like real thick bread on them and. And they're they're like a, a good sandwich. They've got a good proportion of everything. Their turkey their turkey bacon sandwich there is is really good. So um, <laughs> their meat there is hilarious, you know, because they're all like, oh, we're Arby's. It's roast beef that's healthier and stuff. That you know, we cook it here. You know, Arby's home cooked roast beef. And what they cook is they get a big bag of jelly. <laughs> That's that's you know fat and filler and beef all mixed together, and then they put that in the oven, and that's how they roast their beef, you know, and then they put it on the slicer. I wonder if Scott can ever eat at Arby's again. Pro- oh, I think he, I I think he can. I think he can. I think he was a fan of Arby's. I I remember like going to Arby's to eat with him while he, you know, while he still worked there. He was a big fan of the horsey sauce. Ah, which I wasn't in those days. Nowadays, I'm a big fan of horseradish. I like horseradish. I I love a nice sub, like roast beef sub with some horseradish on it. But in those days, I, I we used to go there and get food, and he would just stock up on on horsey sauce, <laughs> put it on everything. So so the Big Mac would be too bourgeois for you, right? I eat Big Macs every once in a while. Big Macs are pretty delicious. They're kind of that. I don't know. They they don't feel like they have the love in them anymore that they used to. Every time I get a Big Mac, it just has like lettuce and and uh, Thousand Islands dressing spilling out from <laughs> all sides yeah. of it. it. I don't is, like shredded lettuce in my hamburger. It's yeah. It's it's a weird thing. Sure. It's just something, and it's that's the only burger at McDonald's that they put lettuce on, and it's that weird dry shredded stuff. But yeah. every once in a while, I like it because I like the way the 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 feel of the pickles and the the Thousand Islands dressing. And when you when you said, um, well, I'm sorry, it. secret sauce. Yeah, the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Please. The secret sauce. No, no, I'm I'm not a big fan of that either. Uh, once in a while, if I if I get ambitious, I will actually have a fillet of fish. I had a fillet of fish a couple weeks ago. They they they've gotten smaller. They have, or maybe I've just gotten bigger. Which you, is you ever heard the story of how the fillet of fish got started? Nope, hit me with it. I just read this story a little while ago. One of the guys who owned a uh, he bought a franchise from the, the you know early Ray Kroc days of uh, McDonald's. And he was in a poor neighborhood, and it was, and he couldn't get anybody to come into his restaurant on Sunday, and because everybody was Catholic. Oh. And so he was like, we and and everybody else, the other restaurants would be getting people in, but they'd all have fish fries and stuff. So he went to Ray Kroc, and he said, "Hey, look, I got, I got an idea." you know for a fish patty and it took him a while to find cheap enough fish to do it you know and that worked in the deep fryer and Ray Kroc was like very against the idea he was like uh don't like the idea of my restaurant smelling up being smelled up by fish and uh and uh Ray Kroc was into the idea of there were vegetarians 
still that would come there, or or, or on on Sunday or on Sunday when they couldn't eat meat, making a burger. He called it the Big Kahuna Burger, and it was basically a big a McDonald's burger, but instead of a burger, it had a a big circle of pineapple that would has been fried up. And that okay. was and Ray Kroc was like, "This is going to be huge." And the guy said, "Well, listen." He and he went to Ray Kroc. And he's like, and Ray Kroc would kept kept shooting him down. He said, "Look, finally he he sold him on the idea of a contest on a Sunday. You know, you you sell your big Kahuna burgers here, and I'll sell my fish fillet here, and we'll." Uh, and whoever wins, that gets put on the menu. And Ray Kroc was like, okay, I don't know. It might have been Ray Kroc's idea. Either way, a contest was was thrown. And, of course, um, um, he sold tons of tons and tons and tons and tons of fish fillet, as we all know, since there's no Big Kahuna Burger on the menu. Yep. And Ray Kroc sold, like, three or four Big Kahuna Burgers. And I think the only concession that Ray Kroc had was that you had to have a separate fryer for the for the fish fillet. Oh, that makes sense. I wonder if they still have that today. Cause it's I don't know not- if they still do the separate fryer, but they they still have the fish fillet. And I guess the fish fillet is almost a zero seller. It does not sell no very, I- very much, but they 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 always have it as a concession for people you know who wanna. Want to eat on McDonald's when they're when they're not supposed to eat meat? Do you guys have Jack in the Box up in your part of the country? Nope, I've never been to a Jack in the Box. Well, Jack in the Box is pretty good too, and they always have tacos. They've had it's the strangest thing. They've had them forever, but they have always had tacos on the menu, and and people still people still like them. It's just one of the things, like the fillet of fish. You know, you keep it on the menu because uh, tacos are easy to have on the menu. All you have to have is ground uh, beef, and you always have lettuce, tomato, and onions hanging around. I mean, if you would take off some of those things off the menu, there would probably be the the silent majority of people that would just go nuts. You know? Yeah, and I, and I think Taco Bell is good. next month when we do fast food. I think Taco Bell might <laughs> figure no. in big. Why? Why not? Yeah, this is a topic that definitely needs more exploring. Yeah, we could get into the phil- philosophical aspects of oh, it. And absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, historical. I mean, fast food has always been around from from the first time, you know, man crawled out of the ocean. They there have been from the from the Egyptians to the Romans. You can you can still find in uh, in Pompeii ruins of street side vendors stalls that they would sell yep. you know fast food it, it's always been there people are always going to need it there's still They're, there's still countries like that there used to be grateful dead shows where there would be hippies squatting around making you grilled cheese sandwiches while you not? waited so much so much on the topic of fast food we can get into but i think uh i think we've about yeah. uh I think speaking of the, fast the old food, clock on the wall says it's time to, to hang it up to greasy, this time. Yeah, and greasy people. There's a couple of greasy guys waiting to uh, in the green room waiting to uh, come in and and take over. Yep. I hope they brought some food. So we'll put a greasy we'll put a greasy pin in fast food, and we'll see you next next month for some more fast food talk. 
And in the meantime, after we, we put this up, maybe you can send us some fast food stories and we can uh, we can throw them in there. I'm sure there's some people. I'm I'm sure there's some people who have some good fast food stories. Yeah, I have a good I have a good um, um, Dairy Queen story for some time. God, Dairy Queen! I forgot about Dairy Queen. Tell, let me tell my Dairy Queen yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a very merry confectionery scrum delicious day. It's incredibly, edibly tantalizing. I mean, it's a perfect day. I was in Minnesota on the Canadian border with my dad, working with my dad, and we went to a Dairy Queen. And lots of Canadians, lots of crossover from the border, so the Dairy Queen had a lot of Canadians in it, and there was a Canadian family, you know, mom, dad, three kids, all next to us eating their food. And we're watching the the them dip and they're canadians so they're they, they there's you can get vinegar with your fries there because canadians oh, dip their and not and like white vinegar so they had a side of vinegar and they're dipping their fries in the vinegar and they would eat it and you'd see one of them eat it and make a face and and gesture over to dad and then dad would try it and make a face and so we're watching them going like whoa what's going on with their vinegar there and uh so then we see the dad go up to the 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 counter and he's and this is in Minnesota so it's like it's 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 very slow paced mid America and he's very Canadian so he's like you know um I don't want to be you know complain or anything but I don't think this vinegar is vinegar and uh, the kids you know is per, you know the typical Simpsons squeaky voice like oh, let me go check in the back you know and he comes out he's like oh I'm sorry. We had our degreaser dispenser <laughs> right next to the vinegar dispenser. So they'd given him a big a big side oh. cup full of degreaser, which they were dipping their fries in. Oh, my God. Right? Right? You're in New York City. What would happen in New York City if that happened? Uh, some guy would grab his throat and collapse onto the floor and call Mankiewicz, Mankiewicz. And yes. Smith right away and Sue. <laughs> what, happened, what happened here is... The guy go, the, the the kid goes. I'm sorry. You want us to comp your meal? And the guy goes, Oh no, that's no problem. Just give me some vinegar. And they got him some vinegar, and they, and, <laughs> and went greasy, a lot of their mood like nothing happened. And so, the greasy food slid down his throat. So, with the so my piece. well, my dad, being a dick, <laughs> uh, 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 had to go up and with his fries and go. Excuse me, uh, these fries are really greasy. And I couldn't help but over here. Maybe if I could get a little degreaser, <laughs> it would make. And that they were not amused. They did not know what to do. That is hilarious. So there, that... there's a little little insight into my upbringing. Oh, so many more stories. We didn't even touch on Sambos. We were going to talk about Sambos, and we were going to talk about all the defunct. Uh... That that could be a whole other. That could be a whole other show too. Is just defunct ones like Carols. Oh, Carol's, Perco's, Carol's. You can get a grilled cheese sandwich at Carol's. Oh, man. Yep, plenty more to talk about and a topic that we are definitely going to revisit. All right, we will see you in just a second right after this message. Return to the far-flung future of 1969 with another thrilling adventure of Commander Scott Gardner and his flying freaks. 
Scott Gardner and the Fire Hussies from the center of the Earth. On an exploratory flight over the North Pole, Commander Gardner discovers a hole leading to the center of the Earth. I have found a hole leading to the center of the Earth. Commander Gardner and his flying freak brigade embark on a mission to the land of the hollow Earth, Hussilvania, ruled by the seductive Queen Popo. Explosions! Robots! Giant rocks! Tape-clenching excitement! Will the evil Queen Popo drain Scott Gardner of his vital essence? You fire hussies will not steal my vital essence! Along for the adventure, Scott Gardner's trusty sidekick, Pablo! Hush, Mr. Gardner. There's only one man with a blimp like that. Space Hitler. Look out! Will Space Hitler capture the secret weapon of the Hustlevanians before Commander Gardner can stop him? Laugh at the hijinks of the drunken ship's cook, Maury Clawhammer. Aw, oh, Jesus Christ, I ain't going in no goddamn hole in the ground. An adventure in 74 15-minute installments. Can your heart take the excitement? Can your mind expand enough to comprehend the storyline? Will you fork over your hard-earned money to see? Scott Gardner and the Fire Hussies from the center of the Earth. Filmed in the Vision. second part of a podcast about food and porn and this is the porn part the part you've all been waiting for i am biggie 10 inch and i'm here with my co-host by nell yeah and we we know you guys fast forward right to this part i mean come on just this is what you've been waiting for this Uh, isn't as much i would say porn as i would say x-rated this yeah, very good way to put it. X-rated. This is, this is, uh, this is definitely not something that uh, that you would probably have to hide underneath your your mattress, um, or or have shipped to you in a brown paper bag. So uh, why don't you bring us in there and tell us what our topic is today? We are, and 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 like our last topic, we're we're putting a pin in this one, and it's it's going to continue on. But we are doing. Dirty songs, X-rated songs. And I want to, right off at the top, 
we realized this as we were going over these before the show. We forgot one of the greatest dirty songwriters of all time, and that's country music Mormon multi-wife legend David Allen Coe. And I just yep. want to apologize to all the David Allen Coe fans out there because we'll put a we'll we'll put a dirty dirty pin in in David Allen Coe too because he definitely deserves to be on this podcast. He's sitting in the green room. I mean, he is definitely going to be back. People don't people don't know uh, the filth factor of David Allen Coe. Yeah, he he deserves a full episode of of oh of he does beat it. <laughs> Dirty, dirty songs, and, and we pride ourselves on being all over the place on on uh, erotica, not just dirty movies. We've done, we have done uh, the Tijuana Bibles, and and talking about this topic, I can't help but remember our Tijuana Bible um, episode where we said that we have nothing on swearing uh, as opposed to our our great grandparents and our grandparents. No, they knew how to be filthy. They, they knew, and we might not think it that the that the sweet little old man that takes you fishing, or, or little lady that's sitting in a rocking chair, uh, you know, we didn't think that they would actually be so dirty. But they 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 were just as dirty, if not more. Some of these these songs that we're yeah. going to look at today, and we're and what we're going to do is we're just going to go, we're going to play you ten dirty songs. And uh, we'll let you hear the beginning of the song. We'll tell you a little bit about it, and we'll move on yeah. to the next song. And you can go find all these songs on YouTube. Everything. Uh, every uh, All these songs are on YouTube. So if you want to hear them, you know, without our voices over them, which you definitely do. Oh. To, to get every, all... every, every filthy lyric possible. Yeah. But we're, we're going to... Now, there's a long history of X-rated songs, and we're just we've just picked out ten of them. We're just gonna sort of whip through them in in semi roughly chronological yeah, order. Roughly We're gonna start with the old ones and work up to modern day. So this is almost gonna be like a little DJ radio show. Absolutely. Now, before we start, would you say that 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 these were much like the party records? Oh, for of sure. Old time days, and and I know that that you have a musical background. And and a lot of the people that we're going to talk about today, uh, these songs were sung in juke joints and 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 play. But would you say that that as an artist, sometimes you need you have a need to express yourself in this manner, uh, not just like it might oh, be fuck some, yes. <laughs> so and and so let's say you were around in 1931. And you were successful. Would you change your name if you were going to release something like this? And yeah, then, not, then you would, you would have to if you wanted to have any other kind of career. Yeah, and a know? lot of the people that we were going to talk about, and some of the some of the songs that they they did, they you know they did change their name. Sure. And and you know these were songs that were sung basically. Some of the older ones. This, this is mostly for the older songs. Were sung at you know uh, honky tonks or blues joints after hours among friends. And they are filthy. Yeah, they're good. So, so let, let we hope you enjoy them, and maybe we could even post the the list of songs. Uh, for you can look, they're all on YouTube. You can get all of them, and and they are a fun listen to every single one. We did research, and we picked the best of the best. All right, we're starting out with Lucille Bogan, 
also known as Bessie Jackson, 1897 to 1948, and uh, this one's pretty dirty. It's called <laughs> Shave 'em Dry. Nipples on my titties, big as the end of my thumb. I got some between my legs, I'll make a dead man come. Oh, that. Baby, won't you shave them dry? No, no. Want you to grind me, baby? Grind me until I cry. Say, I fucked all night. And all yeah, night I love this one. Baby. Yeah, this it's it, it, just it, being it, filthy. Oh, it is amazing how um, frank it is. Filthy it starts off with. I mean, it really, it really starts off filthy, uh, and and it's it's surprising. You can almost picture her singing this in some raucous nightclub juke joint, uh, just having a ball. It it was uh you know one of the one of her final recordings. Well, also you know I mean. It was it was even crazier to have that stuff coming out of the mouth of a woman. Oh, can you imagine? They must have went crazy. I mean, this is 1935. 1935. And it, it, you didn't think people talked about this stuff back then. But of course they did. That's a stupid thing to say. They were out there. And, and you know, if, if you got a copy of one of these records, you could probably... You know, just just play it when you had a party or something, and people's mouths would drop open, and and hilarious, hilarious, and you can tell that she actually had a fun time singing this. Yes, she 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 wasn't going through the motion; she was having a riot. Oh, and and she was one of the considered one of the the the, the queens of 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 the blues. I mean, she really was. There's 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 a tradition in a lot of these oldies of of people doing the you know having having that dual career you know writing lovely lovely love songs and then um and then ba- and then going into the back room and 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 letting the filth just fly and the filth fly and it must have just brought the house down it must have brought the house down as well it as well as sometimes you'll find these recordings and you'll have an audience in there and you'll hear them hooting and hollering sometimes in some of them they would double over an audience which was even more more funny ooing and eyeing going whoa <laughs> oh yeah and and uh, I I wonder if uh, you know this is like like I said one of her last recordings that she did uh, and and if they, if only she would know that you know a lot of these songs that we're gonna look at they're not far from being a hundred years old. I never thought I would yep. live to say something. Yeah. You know, and now it's living on in, in millions of computers. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it's a good thing because it is, it is a part of our, of our musical heritage. These older ones are too. The, the, the newer ones are in a different way, but stuff like this, scratchiness, <laughs> it just adds, it just adds a lovely, a lovely tone to the filth. Okay. We're going into number two. This is one okay. of my favorites. Well, this is a this is actually a, a a lovely song. This is the Clovers, and we're looking at Rotten Cocksuckers Ball, an a cappella uh, song. Well, I said, come on, cocksucker family, get your motherfucking mammy. We're going downtown to the Cocksuckers Ball. Fuck 
from their hit Love Potion number nine. And and uh, you know they, they this must have been something that they that they just got together and maybe they were sung on the street corners probably uh, before before they were even famous. Uh, nineteen fifty four, the uh, rotten cocksuckers ball. The, the, this one, I, I was first heard about this song. First heard this song as uh, Frank Zappa would do it live, and uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of these songs were done, were covered by, were covered by other people, as, 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 uh, as we'll discuss. But you know, we've all heard Love Potion Number Nine, and, and you wouldn't think that that. And we, and you look at the picture, and it's just clean cut dudes, you know, sitting there. Oh, I yeah, can just sharp see suits. Yeah, with sharp suits, and I can just see them sitting there after uh, after the concert, sitting in the back room, and some guy would go, "Hey, man, just go ahead and sing Cocksucker's Ball for me," and they would just no music needed. One and a two and a three and boom, there we go. Gorgeous nice, harmonies, you know, gorgeous. tight, tight, clean harmonies. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. There were records like this when I was a kid. I mean, Chuck Berry's "My Dingaling," double entendre, uh, but that was as far as as I ever got as, as about learning about some of these songs was that songs that meant you know something else. And but yes. I would, but this is great. This is this was one of my favorites. Well, I, I in in picking all these songs, but one, I I purposely avoided stuff like my dingling that was just double yeah. entendre that was kind of cute or you know like shaving cream. Yeah, it was a classic of that where you thought it was gonna go dirty and oh or, or yeah this word means something else you know. Yeah, not but, that not that my dingling never got a lot of airtime. I would, uh, I would think it probably wasn't played on the radio stations. Oh, was... no. I I remember hearing it on the radio as a kid, like Doctor Demento, maybe or, or... I, I just I was driving in the car with my dad during the daytime, and they played it on the the local AM station, and my dad turned it up, and he goes, "You ever heard my dingling before? It's a <laughs> great song." Bought, he bought me the forty five when I was a kid, and I probably still have it somewhere. One, one of the only concerts. My dad wasn't a big music person but one of the only concerts he ever went to was uh was chuck berry oh really well it you know this is almost barbershop quote you know quartetish which is which is which is really nice there's nothing like a title rotten cocksuckers yes. ball yeah no well okay well this brings us to our next song which is the only double entendre song but it's such a popular dirty song
that I like to pet, and every evening we get set. I stroke it every chance I get. It's my girl's pussy. Seldom plays and never purrs, and I love the thoughts it stirs. But I don't mind because it's hers, my girl's pussy. And uh, the version we've got here is. Uh, um, by Harry Roy, who's actually a British guy. Yes, he's a British guy, and he performed. Uh, you know, he he lived until 1971. He was born in 1900, and he was a pretty popular uh, dance and uh, band leader. Band leader, yeah, well, yeah, across the pond. And uh, well, you know, he did the lyrics to "My Girl's Pussy," and and he he played a lot during the war, and very popular. And as you were going to mention, this was actually uh, redone. Yeah, famously by the the R. Crumb and his cheap yeah, suit R. serenaders, Crumb, which which is a great which is a great uh, a great rendition too. Uh, they they comedy it up more. He he does it straightforward. Yeah. He's he does it like straight faced, poker mm-hmm. faced. Yeah. And uh, the 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 they're having the um, cheap suit serenaders are having more more fun with it be, being goofier with it yeah i mean this is this is 1931 so so far this is going back to the um, to the oldest well as double entendres go this is a pretty dirty double entendre oh it is it it's is. it's 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 pretty flat flat out you know i mean it's it's the the title of it alone is scandalous even without the the double entendre so that's that's how that one made it made it into uh <laughs> into this yeah. episode and, and plus it just has that old timey song that old timey rhythm to it that, that I really like to it's, it's that I, I really like it actually it. catches in your head oh it does you, you, can, you can easily be humming this song you know all, all day long I wouldn't hum it out loud but <laughs> but you could uh, it, it's a fun song it is a really fun song alright that brings us to our next one Oh boy. Well, I'm alone, some schoolboy, and I just came into town. This is Cocksucker Blues. Yes. Mick Jagger. Uh, which is a lovely song, I have to say. It, it's and, and if you were listening to this song while you're you were washing the dishes or something, you might not even know that uh if you're not paying attention to the words. Yeah, exactly. You might even know if you're not paying attention to the words that that it that it was so filthy. All I do is talk to the line. Oh, we're gonna get my cock sucked. We're gonna get my ass fucked. I may have no money, but I know where to put it every time. 
And this is one of the what this is this is I think pretty much well the the only one that's not if not comedy or satirical. This one's this one's serious. Is more of yeah. a serious song. But it's uh <laughs> it's explicit. Yeah, but you but you really have to listen to it. I had to listen to it about three times and then you really pick it up. It was actually deliberately added to uh, the Stones' final DECA album playlist. And, it, and they, they had to honor their contract, uh, but he really didn't want to. So he added this song to the mix there. And, uh, and so as a result of it, uh, you know, they were really not able to, uh, to release the song. But, but uh, it's... it's I, I don't it's know. Used, it was also used in a famous, famously unreleased documentary about the Stones of the same name. But would you say it really is well sung? It's a great song. It's I it mean, is. it's the it's the story of a, a gay, probably drug addicted hustler in the city. You know, uh, selling his wares. And it's in the blunt terms of you know someone who lives on the, on the street. So <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's a great song. It is a great song and well worth any. Uh, do you think a lot of Rolling Stones fans know about this song? I like the big fans know about it because they the know big... about the movie, and the movie's been available in bootleg. This song used to be really hard to find. The first time I heard it, I was hanging out with my friend whose boss was a, a pot slash coke dealer in the 60s and was you know involved in the music business so he got to know a lot of people and for a time he would be Keith Richards handler whenever he would come to San Francisco where Keith Richards would stay at his house and he'd procure him you know probably procure him drugs or whatever he needed and Keep it, keep him out of trouble, and take him out and get him to do things. And Keith Richards would share a lot of like the recordings that he'd acquired over the years of stuff. And one of the things that he gave him was a recording of Cocksucker Blues, which, um, you know, when my friend took me over to meet him, he, he did the whole like I'm going to show off everything. So he brought out his tape of bootlegs and and played me that, which I was just like, hold. Not only is it a great song. It's un, un, incredibly rude, but it's like very emotionally. It's it's yeah. a sad, emotionally wrecked sad. song. And and in the mix of songs that 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 you gave me to listen to, it was probably the one that stood out the most because of what you just said. That that the more you listen to it, the more levels it had, and you can really see that. Um, and he just sings it so well. I mean, yeah. he really. Yeah, he yeah. Did, they didn't just swear a lot on a song to piss yeah. off the record company. They actually wrote a real song. They wrote a real song and said, "Here, this is this is great. Play it or don't." You know, it, it's it was it, it's a great song. Definitely, if you can just get on there and listen to this, because if you're a Rolling Stones fan or a Mick Jagger fan, you're you're gonna like it. Also, when I was listening to those bootlegs, I got to hear the record rec- the Sun Music Sun Recording Studio uh, recording sessions of Jerry Lee Lewis's first album. Oh. With Sam Phillips, who is a born again Christian, and Jerry Lewis was an ex preacher, 
and they start having long conversations on the devil and rock and roll. Well, sure. I mean, and, uh, the guy play, that married his first cousin. I mean, hey. And they play uh, at the beginning of Great Balls of Fire. One of them, I'll always remember Jerry Lee Lewis saying, like, this is a song about eating pussy. It's about <laughs> when you get your face right in there and you go, <laughs> and Sam Phillips going, now, now, just watch your mouth. <laughs> And then Jerry Lee Lewis is like, hey, listen, he's like, you're a man of God, right, right. Well, you're fooling yourself. This music is the music of the devil. I know that. I know that. You know that. You're recording it. You're fooling yourself, saying it ain't music. And then they start citing scripture at each other, and then they would take a take of Great Balls of Fire. It was amazing. I don't mean, I don't mean. You can help people. You can save souls. No. No, no, no. no. Yes, you never make it. How can the how can the devil save souls? What are you talking about? Man, I got the devil in me. I didn't have I'd be a Christian. I would love to hear that. Because I am a big Jerry Lee Lewis uh, fan from way back. He's a crazy he, man. <laughs> his his new stuff is great. his old stuff is great, but actually his new stuff, you know, that he put out That's more country. Yes. Also wonderful. Yeah. You know? All right, moving on to one of oh. my favorites. And man, and next month we will be featuring this this guy. Uh, you so, know, so we're just going to touch upon just touch 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 upon this this marvel of the music world. We are talking about Mr. Blowfly and the song I picked out of his just endless supply of hits is Who Did I Eat Last Night? Joe, something happened to y'all. What happened to me? Listen. Something about my tongue that don't smell right. I wonder who did I eat last night? Somebody put out the light. Tell me who did I eat last night? I remember being at this party in a room with all kind of bitches and shit. And then it felt like a lot of hair was in my face. And I heard some bitch scream like she was having a fit. Terrific song. Uh, like, you know, you turned me on to this guy the same way that you had turned me on to Russ Myers. I had never, you know, I guess I live in a bubble. I'd never heard of him. But the minute I, I heard him, I and this song in particular, I said, this guy really has chops. I mean, he really does. I mean, he can he, sing. And he oh can write God. songs. And right. He was one of the people that did change. Uh, you know, he he had his alternate personality of Blowfly. Would, he would dress up. And, it, you know, if you look at it now, you would say it's very close to a luchador type. Yes. Uh, because he wanted to sing these Somewhere songs. between, like, a luchador and, like, a black superhero, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think we'll, you actually have a little bit of history with him and we'll probably save that we'll for probably go into that next month yeah but you have history with another person on our list later on that um that you've seen but yeah what 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 a what a fun time this guy must have had and he toured right up until he died yeah he, he just died a couple years ago not yeah, in uh, in uh 2016 is is when he he passed away but just talented 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 uh, and and a guy that would really, I mean, I can see him getting up there and just enjoying what what yes, he was. I've, I've seen him in. Con I saw him in concert. He was in his seventies. 
I mean, and he was in his outfit, which is not a a light outfit, and um, with stage lights, and he put on a show that would rival, you know, a young kids band, and he always got really good musicians to tour with him too. So he would, you know, he would be doing legit tight funk soul R and B hits with a band behind him that was that was legit good. They weren't just doing, you oh, know, no. a cover band version of, of a James Brown song. They they put some salt into the you know, into the into the groove and I mean, uh, this is a guy that was a prolific songwriter for other artists. And and it makes you wonder that, that if he ever maybe if he ever came out just singing on his own, you know uh I think but, he. But, I think he could have done that. I think he followed yeah, his oh, muse. But he had more. He had more uh, fun singing songs like "If Eating You Is Wrong." I don't want to be right. <laughs> yeah, he he, he followed time, his muse. Yeah, the first time ever I sucked. Ever ever you sucked my dick. Ain't no head like my woman's head. And you know the, he he had he had a fun time doing this. And just and like you said, we're gonna we're gonna touch on him. We've already decided that we have we have enough space to go fly. Devote a full full half of the show to him next time. That's all right. Who do we got next? Oh God. (laughs) Well, well, next we have uh, Miss uh, Barbara McKay, Um, and it's all right. It's all right. One of the oh God, what do I have to say? I, I I I picked her on here because she's just like uh, just the standard that dirty disco lady, you know? Yeah, that dirty disco lady. Seventies dirty disco lady. Yeah, it's it, she actually you know wrote songs. She was a good songwriter. She wrote songs for a lot of other people, but but she came out with with um, with this little ditty, you know. It's all right to fuck all night and give me your dick and give your dick to me. And that's pretty much what goes on. It is a just totally disco song. Uh, it's actually been included in some of the lists of one of some of the worst songs ever, ever recorded. But well, like, I think we could do a whole show on like porn stars who did songs. That's yeah, what she for, sounds for, like. She sounds like she would have been a porn star who cut a disco song, but she's not. She's a musician. She just did it on her own, you know? And classically trained, too. Yes. I'm, she was classically trained. She's, she's a New Yorker, a Long Island girl. Uh, classically trained. And and this is just... When she sang for herself, this is what she wanted to sing. And that's why I had brought it up to you earlier. Um, as a, a musician, uh you get the urge i was as an artist because you know musicians are artists you, you feel that you sometimes become overwhelmed and you have to have to get this song out regardless of what it is because this is what you want to write like yes. a painter paints what a painter will paint what he wants to paint 
And I would imagine that well, a songwriter would do the same thing. Yes, here's 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 my best songwriting story on that. And my favorite songs that I've well I don't write songs a certain way. Sometimes I'm like I'll write music and then I'll figure and then I'll like either figure out or an idea for words will come to it or I'll have the words first. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> and I'll write music to it or sometimes I have just an idea that I want to write a song about and then I'll come up with words and music. But one night <laughs> in the middle of the night I woke up from a deep sleep and started coming up with words for a song and had to like get up, turn on the light, write down the words and pull out my keyboard and come up with a, a, a chord progression for it because I had to, I had to, I could not, I had to make sure that song did not get away. Yeah, it's there, right? You had, right. To, you had to sing and that you song. you want to know the part. name of that song? Oh, of course. Goodbye, Mr. Poop. That that is a song of all the songs that I've written in my life. <laughs> that was it's like very haiku. It's very driven haiku. driven out of me. <laughs> and you had to do it. You it's, it's like got a nice while. little Caribbean feel to it. <laughs> you know, I, I studied as an illustrator and for a while all I wanted to draw was different kinds of cheeses of the world. And I couldn't stop. I would look up these cheeses and I would draw the cheeses. And it was something that was beyond my control. I was in art school and everyone was saying, why are you just illustrating these different cheeses? And I would say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't get it out of my system. And this is the way. There's a place in the world for the world's greatest cheese illustrator. Yeah, you know, and this is the way that you wanted to sing. So, you know what? It's, it's, it's awful. But it's all right, God, though. God love her. Yeah. It, that's fine. I can totally understand it. I can understand why she did it. And, and this was her thing. All right. Moving on to one of my favorites, not as much for the song, but for the story behind the song, is <laughs> Wasp. Yes, the 80s metal band. It's called Animal Fuck Like a Beast. <laughs>
Ray. Uh, you, you know why I love this song? Tell me. It's a quick song. It's not a very long song. No. No, I love this song because nobody listened to Wasp. This this song yes. came to national prominence during the this is where we'll find out if our listeners are young or old timers. Like if when when people say the name Al Gore, right? If if a, after a certain point when you think of Al Gore, most people think what like global warming, vice president. When I think Al Gore, I think the parents. I think of his wife Tipper Gore, and the parents music resource council or, or whatever the group that tried to um, censor rock music in the in the 80s and at first it started with with uh, Al Gore trying to get legislation and nobody was having any of it and then they decided that it would get more play if it was a bunch of wives that came and did the think of the children so wasp fuck like a beast was picked out as one of the you know most just horrible songs that they had to point out bringing Wasp into prominence and also having, I believe it was Tipper Gore, sit down in front of Congress and read these lyrics <laughs> into a microphone. You, know. you, hit the nail, you, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said Wasp was a, an incredibly underrated band. Uh, they weren't you know. that great. They were just a no. they, were, they were a pretty standard metal band. You yeah, know? I mean, 1982, and and you know, like as you said, they were uh, Wasp was a prominent target in the mid 80s for the Parents Music Resource Center, and they wanted to have those those labels slapped on slapped on the records, you know. And uh, but you know, it's they still sold over 12 million copies of, of their album, so. And this didn't hurt. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it did not hurt. And, uh, yeah, and they were using the term porn rock a lot in, in, in all of this. And the, 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 if anybody wants to do any research into the PMRC, it's fantastic. Frank Zappa made a record, one of the early, like, where they took samples of stuff. And, you know, he has Tipper Gore saying, sniff, sniff, sniff my anal vapors, sniff my anal vapors. You know, be, uh, while yeah, reading I mean, the lyrics of the song. This is Frank Zappa with today's edition of Porn Wars. Did you know that today, Senator Hollings, Democrat, South Carolina, has demanded legislation to do away with porn rock by December? Here is Senator Hollings. But in all candor, I would tell you it's, it's outrageous filth. Uh, and we've got to do something about it. I, I take the tempered approach and commend it of our distinguished chairman. And yet I would make the exception that if I could find some way constitutionally to do away with it, I would. Thank you, Senator Holling. And there's all these great... The, if you watch the, the video of Frank Zappa's testimony, if you watch the... There's great video of Dee Snyder testifying... Mm -hmm on behalf of rock music where, you know, everybody, where they were like, oh, here comes Dee Snyder. And Dee Snyder, I think, was an was a teacher <laughs> before he was, uh, um, I think he was a grade school teacher before he was a, a rock star. So Dee Snyder came prepared and well-spoken. And, and the same with Frank Zappa. They were expecting, you know, a crazed, filthy-mouthed animal, and he came in in a suit and was... 
obviously many IQ points over almost oh, everybody absolutely. else in the room, you know. So it was it was a wonderful thing to watch, all the while being horrible as they were trying to, you know, censor music. And and these bands weren't afraid of the PMRC. I mean, Wasp even wrote harder, faster. Yep. As a as a direct challenge to these guys, and that was in in '87, you know. Uh, so they weren't afraid of them. They they knew that hey, people are going to find our. If anything, you're gonna you're gonna increase our sales by as, by slapping. As by a songwriter, I wrote a song called "Parental Advisory Sticker," all about that's just full of swearing and hoping that I get a parental advisory sticker because I'm going to sell more records. Yeah, and and these guys are still releasing uh, records. Uh, their last album was released in 2015. Oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> all Both. right. Who's next? Oh, oh, oh now. someone if i'm not mistaken that you actually he's from around your neck of the woods if yes, I'm not he is. Mistaken. and and i had brought him up years ago when we were talking about the um the movie losing it and i yes. started humming and i started humming a song i'm glad that, you brought that up because i always have it in my head that it was the movie the last american virgin but it's losing it you're it right was losing it. yeah and uh and you know i started humming the song out of nowhere, I was sitting with you. Oh, you want to take your mama to the gangbang? Yes, you do. And right away, you said, "That's Doctor Dirty, John R. John Balby." Yeah, and 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 then you started telling me that that you that you've seen him perform, and uh, almost if you live in Rochester <laughs> and you like music, you've I mean, you have no excuse not to have seen Doctor Dirty. He plays here regularly for the last 30 years you know and and we picked uh barnacle bill uh which had me laughing out loud it's the type of song that you know that this guy would just you know he would travel the uh it's travel around this one and the gang bang are are yeah they are you're gonna hear him sing these songs every single concert and yeah, they're going to be him. different. He's got different lyrics. He oh, will, does he? You will, you will almost never hear the same lyrics to any of these songs. Well, you know, you can just see him there in his uh, in his white tailcoat and black bowler hat on that player piano, just singing these songs in rowdy bars and, and drinking heavily. Oh, he drinks. I hope so. He chugs them down. I and, would hope so. 
he and on top of it he's an amazing barrel house player he is you know uh, just a, makes it look you know makes it look easy and you know when you're playing that hard and that crazy on a on a real piano that that takes some work and he's he's really good i mean you've seen him right yes i've seen him i've talked to him i've fed him <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, the first time I had ever seen him was in that Losing It in 1983 was when that came out. And I, and I never forgot the song. Uh, he played, a, he played a, a guy that was playing a piano in a raunchy bar in Tijuana, you know. And uh, he was great. And the good thing about this song is you can tell it was recorded live somewhere. And he just brought these three girls out to get the audience involvement. And normally that type of stuff, if it's not done well will make you cringe but this is just so hilarious that that it's wonderful it's wonderful and he still does it he there's 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 going to be nudity at uh especially here in new york state where you can go topless legally so you're going to see boobs at john bobby's show he's going to get somebody up there there's always some women who are willing to go go the extra mile for a john Bobby oh, concert. I would, if I if I if he was ever playing somewhere when I'm up there on one of the garage sale romps, I would love to see this guy. And when you watch it, you could say, "Well, he's just re he's done these a million times. How does he remember all these songs?" I'm not totally convinced that a lot of the stuff he hasn't just memorized. That he just doesn't make it up off the top of his head. Because I've been I when I went backstage to interview him, people were just throwing out stuff and then you know I had a rabbit puppet and he just started he just started making up you know making up lines about this you know the person there or the rabbit or whatever and you could see him think about it for a second but boy and it, and not only did it come out was it dirty but it's inventive and dirty you know it has it has his fingerprint on it was and, he a good, was he a good interview would he be just yes. the way you think he would be Yes. No, he was on. He was on in the interview. You know, he was, he, I mean, he's a drinker uh, and it was halfway through the show. It was between sets. So he had a good buzz on. I I ended up having to leave the interview because he had a couple people back there who were getting really rowdy and it was like, okay, time to get out, start clearing out of the, the dressing room. And he was like, okay, time for me to go on stage again. But <laughs> He is, he's a genuine, genuinely rowdy, upbeat person with a filthy, filthy sense of humor that just naturally flows all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's not like when I would go back to interview somebody and they'd be like, ah, oh, yes, well, you know, this is my art or whatever. He was, he was there to drink and be filthy. And, uh, and Boy. I mean, he will state as such on, and, you know, and he is horribly, horribly politically incorrect and is and is that that charmed act where he knows how to do it without, you know, be, he knows how to be horribly offensive and wrong while being embraced for it without it being mean hearted. It's a it's a no. very delicate. Yeah. <laughs> he must be getting up there in age. Yeah, he's probably he's probably in his like early 70s now. He says here he lives in uh, Clarence, New York. Yes, it's very. It's like that's like, yeah, a little less than midway between here and Buffalo. I'd love to see this guy. I would love to see this guy. 
Well, if you ever end up in Rochester, there's a good chance yeah. <laughs> you'll be able to because he's here all the time. All right. Ooh, we're getting we're getting down to the last two. Here's another one of my favorites. Oh, favorites. Yeah. The two live crew with the fuck shop. I know a place just down there, two streets. Baby, they don't ask you no questions and give you clean sheets. <laughs> Welcome to the fuck shop. <laughs> Many, and how many little snippets did they use from uh, from other bands in this? I mean, my favorite part of this song is uh, LaWanda Page's intro to it, because I'm yeah. a big LaWanda Page fan. And, you know, this song for me uh, was, I, I heard this back in the day, and it was probably one of the first times that I <laughs> had heard anything like this on the, on the flip side. Of of their of their album and boy we used to play it every chance that we got if we were outside playing baseball or something this would always be rolling on the on the I old. mean me so horny actually became a hit you know they 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 made a radio cut for me so horny and that which had from Stanley Kubrick movie <laughs> you know the the whole thing based around a, a Full Metal yeah. Jacket sample. And this one, the 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 fuck shop, the the um, Guns and Roses sample is just genius. It just, yeah, it it's just full fun rap, fun dirty rap. Amazingly, these guys were handled as if they were like the most dangerous. Oh my God, filthy yes. marauders of all time. Like they were arrested in Florida and. Um, you know, just just treated. You know, they would have booty dancers on stage and stuff like that. And they're so like by today's standards. Exactly. They're so like I don't want to say tame, but they're so nice. You know, they're just having yeah. fun. It's fun. It doesn't seem misogynistic. It doesn't seem violent or angry. It's fun and funny. And it was, it's just amazing how scared, it's just like Public Enemy. People thought Public Enemy were ready to like show up at the White House with, with machine guns, you know? Yeah. And just start, go out in the street and start murdering honkies and stuff. And now you listen to, and now they're like this, like, um, you know, they're like the wise uncle of <laughs> hip hop, you know? You made it perfectly clear. And this is tame compared yeah. to some of I mean, incredibly tame, but for its time, it was it was something. It was so it was raunchy and dangerous. It's so yeah. weird because yeah. it was black people. Yes. Oh my black god. People and sex is dangerous. Always scary, scary, scary stuff. Nothing. It's it, it. They're a bunch of teddy bears compared to what to what these kids are listening to now. <laughs> 
And funny that you mentioned it. Let's uh, let's let's round this out with what are the white people up to that right up to date? <laughs> well, you know, for the I want you to tell me. Uh, our last, our last song that we're going to round it out with. You and I, I actually didn't even think about this, but yeah, you and I heard this song t- together for the first time. We actually yeah. shared our first experience with this you, band. Though, pretty much anything that I've ever mentioned to you, you will say, "Oh yeah, you know, I know about that." Yeah, oh yeah, and it amazes me. But I think, correct me if I'm mistaken, you did not know about Steel Panther. This came out of nowhere, and yeah, we're talking about Steel Panther. What, what, what oh. song are we doing? We're, uh, we're, we are going to do Glory Hole. Shout out to Hero because Hero was the one that um, introduced us to this. Now you had never heard of them, right? I th- it was a completely new. Yes, I had never heard of them. That shocks me. You, I would think that 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 this would be something that that would be right up your alley. You, it is right up my alley. You can't catch them all, though. You know, there's so oh, much indeed. out there, and I'm not I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm not in the I'm not in the. I mean. Come, t- turns out Steel Panther is doing quite well for themselves. Oh, absolutely. And this, this is Glory Hole. I'm not sure if I mentioned the name of the title. But, yeah, Steel Panther is is doing great. I mean, you know, they pretty much parody a uh, 1980s, you know, glam metal lifestyle. One of the filthiest videos you're going to see, if you ever get a chance, if you watch it on the YouTube, you will see that it's just a video that that is just filthy but but hilarious i mean this is the type of song that that we were laughing out loud uh listening to it and it they're well it's hard to make a a song that's truly filthy and shocking these days and they do it and you know because i'm used to you know a metal like a, a metal band doing dirty songs it's like hey lady with the big boobs Look at yeah. my large penis, and this this is like I stick it in the glory hole. I don't care who's on the other side sucking. Yeah. Could be it's, some guy. Could be it's you know it it's blunt and it doesn't. It, it, the, the lead singer does not worry at all about debasing himself and leaving no. himself open to <laughs> any anything. Well, their songs are well written. It's like a yes. filthy Gersh. It's like a filthy Gershwin. Yes. I mean, it, they, they are, are just... Doesn't that awesome. sounds like a sex act? A filthy Gershwin? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like a filthy Gershwin, please. 
<laughs> they're just fun. I mean, they've been around since uh, uh, 2000. I mean, they started to gain popularity there on the Sunset Strip. And, and I guess, I mean, the fact that we haven't heard of them, are they, are they as popular now? Or I, I don't know. I, um, you want to you hear my, I got my, my Steel Panther story. Oh, I would love to hear it. Okay. So I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the show, but I'm an ordained minister of the Church of Universal Light. So I can perform legal weddings here in New York State. Uh, this summer I performed, well, it was late summer, I performed my first legal wedding to a person that I didn't really know that well. I'd worked, it was somebody I worked with for a few months at my job, and he asked me to do his wedding, and I, and I said, sure. So uh, it was like kind of one of those little like uh, small personal affairs. It was at his parents' cottage on a lake. And, and stuff like that. So I went there and I did the wedding and I had, you know, my, my suit on and uh, I have a nice shaven bald head and I'm a 50-year-old gentleman and the, the guy I was marrying, I think he was about 28 and his wife was 20, about the same age, you know, late 20s, maybe early, early first couple years of their 30s. And um, so after the wedding, everybody, there, there were, there was uh they're sort of like those bus limos. There was a bus limo that was going to cart everybody to the reception so nobody had to drive, you know, that sort of thing. So we all, you know, um, all the, the wedding party, there, there was one for the wedding party and one for the guests. So myself and all the wedding party and all their friends jump in this one one thing, and I'm sitting in the front. I don't know anybody there except for the bride and the groom who are sitting in the back. And I know that, you know, I know them from, I know him from work and her from meeting her a couple times. But I don't know anybody there that I hadn't just like met and like shake their hand and gotten their name. That was it. So I'm sitting in the front. Nobody's talking to me. And I notice everybody's sort of like, and I hear like, and they're all just sort of talking amongst themselves. And I hear someone go, steel panther blah 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 blah. and I go excuse me and the guy turns to me and like gives me a weird look and I go did you just say steel panther and his eyes widen up and he goes yes I did do you know steel panther and I'm like oh I love steel panther and then all of a sudden they realized that the priest wasn't wasn't (laughs) what they thought he was and they're like wait you like Steel Panther? And I'm like, I don't belong to any church. I can say fuckity fuck fuck and anything I want. And they're like, and the next thing you know, they're handing, they're handing CDs up to the driver and he's playing Steel Panther. Oh, <laughs> and we're great. rocking out to the, to the, you know, to the reception. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed these guys. I, when I, when I hear the song, it reminds me of uh hair metal hero, and you and I and my friend Mark and driving out to get Mark's the pig. And my brains exploding yeah. in the car. Yeah, and and just laughing, 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 laughing. And and the fact that you had never heard of them was shocking to me. But yeah, I'm 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 ashamed to admit it. But oh, you you can't bet. I got something. Now I got 17 years of Steel Panther to to dig through, <laughs> and yeah. I highly recommend their videos. Their videos. Uh, oh. are, it's amazing that they are on 
YouTube. That's all yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah. They're not, look up the, not at all safe Hole. for work. Yeah, go to Glo- go see Glory Hole on YouTube and you'll know what I'm talking about. But I can't think of a more perfect uh, song to end on than this one. Yes. For Dirty Songs. And uh, I don't know what song we're, we're going to go out with at the very end, but I'm sure it will be very dirty. Oh, filthy, filthy, filthy. All right, so we will be back next month, and we were going to continue our fast food frenzy, and we're going to continue dirty music. We're going to blow fl- we're going to blow fly all over the place next month, so don't miss it. You don't. I met a man the other day. What you rake he Is you the lady giving that grave away? If you is, I will be back today. Come and get some, but you sure can't stay long. I got too many I had to be waiting on. I'm selling my pork chop, but I'm giving my gravy away. Don't mean maybe I'm giving my gravy away. I'm selling my pork chop, but I'm giving my gravy away. For two, three days. Some of this stuff I'm sure got to give away. I'm selling my poncho, but I'm giving my gravy away. Don't mean maybe I'm giving my gravy away. Play If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Wait a minute. Uh, um, I got it in the tip of my tongue. Come on. Uh, oh, golly, I'm not even... Let me see. Oh, Alexander Dumbass! <laughs> oh, Henry Dumbass! Hello there.